Welcome back, Rosebuds. For our return listeners, if you ever want to skip the intro and dive straight into the stories, don't forget about our handy bookmarks in the description down below. If you're new here, a big welcome. On our channel, you'll listen to a group of stories that are true and one imposter story that is complete fiction. Try and guess which of the eight stories are allegedly true and which one is written from the creative mind of yours truly. Today we have stories featuring the theme of rural backwoods creepiness. There's something to be said about living on the outskirts of town. I've been in this situation and let me tell you, shit can get super creepy super fast. Some of the stories today are paranormal and some are not. We normally do mostly paranormal, but we hope you enjoy the scariness of these stories all the same. Alright, sit back. Dim the lights and settle in for eight creepy rural backwoods tales to tell in the dark. Story number one, Flown the Coop. When I was 10 years old, my parents had to move to a small town in Iowa so my dad could take care of his sick brother. We lived in a giant red house and the nearest neighbor was a mile away. My parents were suburban folks, but I think they were kind of trying to enjoy the rural life while they could. They decided that they wanted to try their hand at raising chickens so we could have fresh eggs every day. My brother and I were tasked with collecting eggs in the morning. This happened about a month after we got them. One morning, my older brother and I went outside to do our chore, and they were all dead. Whatever had gotten inside hadn't even eaten them, just killed them. The coop was covered in blood and feathers and six poor dead chicken corpses. We still don't have any explanation for it because there were just the bodies left. If it had been a coyote, wild dog, or animal, wouldn't it have at least eaten one of them? Drug at least one of the bodies off with them? I mean, maybe a person came and killed my parents' chickens for fun, but why? However, this doesn't really fit that it was a person because they looked like they had been killed by something with claws. The other strange part of this story is that the latch to the coop was about four feet off the ground, and in order to get to it, you definitely needed opposable thumbs. Needless to say, my parents were all too happy to return to suburbia after that disaster. Story number two, Gollum in Hiding. I lived way out in the country when I was 15 years old. So far out there, it would take us an hour to get to the closest grocery store, and it would take the cops 45 minutes to get to our house. No neighbors close by. If something happened, no one would hear you scream. Yes, that's how rural we were. One night, I got a gut feeling in my stomach that something wasn't right. I ignored it and went to sleep, thinking it was just anxiety. Then I wake up to a blood-curdling scream at about 2 in the morning. I was absolutely terrified. These screams were demonic switching between a high-pitched screech of a woman to the growl of a man. My entire family woke up, and my stepdad got his shotgun. He went outside, 
Mind you, this is the country, and there are no streetlights. It is pitch black other than the porch light above us. The screaming and screeching continued. It sounded like two people. Now, my sister had gone out with her boyfriend earlier that day and still hadn't returned. Based off the screaming, my mom thought my sister was being murdered in the woods by her boyfriend. My mom started screaming, Jason! Jason, let go of her. Get your hands off of her. Where are you? Then it got absolutely silent. We're so scared thinking it was her and that she was dead and that he was coming for us next. Then another noise began, and it's the voice of a man slash demon. He starts yelling, I am Jacob. I am the son of God. I am chosen to find the baby. Only I can make this passage. Only I can find this babe in Valine. Now we're really scared, thinking my sister's boyfriend is part of a cult and going to kill all of us. My mom finally calls the police. All the while, this person is screeching and howling and creeping closer and closer to our house. After about 30 minutes of this, we finally see the outline of a person in our field of vision right next to our car. My stepdad shoots near the guy but misses him on purpose and yells, Don't you get any closer now! This guy still creeps closer. Stepdad shoots another warning shot. Don't make me kill you! He yells. With that second shot, we hear the person run back up into the woods, and we wait for the police to arrive. Finally, after 45 minutes, the police car comes through and shines their light on the perpetrator. We couldn't believe what we saw. It was a skinny, shaved head, completely naked man, crawling on all fours like a gorilla, or like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, if that's easier to picture. The police grab him, He's still screeching and howling the entire time. The cops didn't even come down to explain what was happening. They just carted him off, and we had to go to sleep like nothing happened. The next day, we had to call the police to find out what happened. Apparently, this was one of our neighbors, who was a repeat drug offender. Our neighbor had mixed a bunch of drugs together and tripped out a little too hard. It was actually unfortunate to hear he succumbed to his addiction a couple of years later. He was very young. This was a terrifying night, and for those of you that don't live in the country, this is the true horrors we have to face. Unemployment, drug and alcohol addictions, and domestic abuse. These issues can run rampant in rural areas. Story number three. The woods have eyes. One night, I grabbed my son's toy night vision goggles to see if they even worked. If they did, maybe we could see what was making all the weird howling noises in the woods for the last two nights. So I looked across the yard into the woods, and what I saw instantly gave me the creeps. There were so many eyes. So many eyes. They were everywhere. In one case, there was a grouping of three eyes. I had myself convinced it was just an opossum with its baby, and I 
couldn't see the other eye, but they all blinked at the same time. I know deer can also congregate and give this effect, but this herd had to be enormous, bigger than any herd I was familiar with if that was the case. Needless to say, I have never, ever used night vision to look in the woods again. Whatever deformity or unnatural creatures may be out there, it can have its space. We now interrupt this broadcast for a brief Black Rose PSA. Did you know that if you don't press the like button right now, you'll be forced to endure the shortchange curse? That's right, every time you pay cash and think you have exact change, you'll always be short just one or two pennies. It's absolutely true, so press the like button, and for an extra measure of protection, leave us a comment and tell us what crazy real-life curse you've had to endure lately. Alright, back to our regularly scheduled broadcast. Story number four, The Shed Lady. I grew up in rural-ish Illinois, but when I was 16, I was house-sitting for my aunt and uncle in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, about an hour and a half away from anyone I knew, which was dumb of me because I was such an anxious kid, but they were paying me $300. Even by today's standards, that's a lot of money for a teen, so I couldn't pass it up. I had all of the blinds and curtains tightly closed so I wasn't creeped out by the desolate location, which meant cornfields as far as the eye could see. Around dusk, I was nearly positive I heard the back door jiggle, but convinced myself I had imagined it. I was popping corn, so I blamed it on that. An hour or so later, I heard very distinct whimpering outside. At first, I thought it was one of their cats, but then I realized it was more human or childlike. I started peeking through blinds and didn't see anything. At that point, I called my dad to try to get him to come out and stay with me. You should know, when I accepted the gig, he warned me that he wouldn't come to my rescue if I got too scared. He told me I was psyching myself out and that I was safe. It wasn't long, though, before the whimpers turned into actual human cries, and to me, it sounded like a little kid. I put on my brave pants and opened the sliding glass door blinds to see that a little girl was lying on the patio furniture crying. I quickly unlocked the door and flung it open, but as soon as she heard me, she jumped up looked me dead in the eye, and started screaming like a banshee. It turned out that it wasn't a little girl. It was a grown-up petite woman, maybe in her fifties, just staring at me and screaming at the top of her lungs. I slammed the door shut again and locked it, sprinted into the kitchen to call the cops. This was before teenagers had cell phones, so I was relying on the landline. During that call, she began violently banging on the sliding glass door. I decided to hide in a lower kitchen cabinet in case she got in. I know, I know, pretty dumb hiding spot, but I panicked. I knew it was going to be a bit of a wait because the police station was about 30 minutes out. 
I had about a million anxiety attacks in that time. I was dumbstruck that the 911 operator said they couldn't let me tie up their lines and stay on the call with me until the cops arrived. Maybe it was because I was a teenager and they thought it was a prank, or maybe it was a rural area and they only had one operator. I'm unsure. So I called my dad back and had him on the line while he drove. This was right when cell phones were becoming a thing, and thank goodness my dad was an early adopter of them. After a few minutes, the banging stopped, and it was dead quiet. I was shaking like a leaf in the wind, though. A very lazy, disinterested police officer finally showed up, did a five-minute sweep of the property before saying there was no threat. Mind you, this was a massive farm operation with a half a dozen buildings, a few sheds, acres of corn, and endless opportunities to hide. This man took a single lazy lap around the house, half-heartedly pointed his flashlight around, and then shrugged. Luckily, he did agree to stay with me until my dad arrived. My dad showed up and told me to go to sleep. He sat on the patio with a shotgun until sunrise. At least Dad believed me. The next day, my dad and I, and his shotgun, poked around the property and found evidence that someone had been staying in a storage shed, but no sign of the woman. And there was no sign of the woman ever again after that. If it weren't for her little hidey hole in the shed, I almost feel like people would have thought I imagined it or made it up for attention. This experience actually caused a huge falling out between my dad and his sister because she said she needed me there as a house sitter to feed the cats and keep an eye on the chickens. But it later came out that they had a feeling that somebody had been nosing around their home and that's why they wanted as house sitter. I was pretty upset that they knew someone was potentially there all along. They never found the woman. There was zero evidence that she was doing drugs on the property. That was our initial assumption that she probably had been. My aunt lived about four miles from the nearest home and 30 miles from town, aka a gas station, grocery store, and church, so they were unsure how she even got there in the first place. This tweaker absolutely terrified me, and I had literal trauma afterwards about being alone. However, I do feel horrible for her because I can't begin to imagine the circumstances that led to her that night, and I worry about where she went afterward. Ultimately, I am glad no one in our family got hurt by this woman, as she seemed pretty unstable. Story number five. Something out there? I'm from small town Appalachia, and my grandpa lived out in the relative boonies. I was home from college once in mid-autumn and went down to visit him. Ended up staying a while, and it was dark by the time I was going to take off and head back to mom's house. He walked me to the back door that had a little 8 by 10 foot porch off of it, and a set of stairs straight down to a concrete stoop with a single bulb outside light fixture that threw just enough light to see by. The driveway was probably 15 yards away, and since I had parked behind his car, it was maybe a total of 20 yards to my Jeep, 15 more beyond that to the woods. 
As soon as I hit the bottom step and took about two steps forward, something stopped me cold. It was almost a physical sensation. Hair on my arms stood up, breathing went shallow, heart rate went up, and my feet were just saying, F no, we are not going forward. Being a born and raised hillbilly, the first thing I did was draw my concealed handgun and point it at the driveway woods beyond as I slid back towards the porch. I took a look behind me and Grandpa had stepped out on the porch with his by-the-door shotgun pointed in the same general direction. I backed up the steps and he covered me until I got to the door. We shut and bolted it. I called Mom and said I was going to stay the night since it was already late. We sat up for hours trying to figure out what had tripped both of our oh shit meters at the same time but could never come up with a satisfactory answer. Neither of us consciously saw or heard anything out of the ordinary, and neither of us are the type to get easily freaked out. For context, Grandpa was a World War II Marine who fought all over the Pacific, and I'd been hunting and camping with him since I could walk. He said the only other time that he'd had that feeling was during the war on Iwo Jima before either a late-night bonsai charge or just before a sniper up in a palm tree took a shot. But if there's one thing Grandpa learned out there, it was always to trust your gut instincts. And instincts that night were saying something wasn't right. Story number six. Strange guy without a dog. I used to live in rural Tennessee for a minute. I had a house that was at the end of a two-mile-long driveway, and my closest neighbor was halfway down said driveway. We weren't close, but we helped each other out here and there when needed. One night, I heard someone driving up the driveway. It was probably 11 p.m. or so, and nobody lived past me, and I had zero clue who it could be. I walked over to the front windows and looked outside. Some dude in an SUV was parked near my front porch. He sees me in the window, waves, then gets out and comes up to talk to me. I opened my front door, locked the screen, and asked what he needed. Said something about looking for his dog, so I asked who he was and where he lived. This dude looked me dead in the face and said, Oh, I live just past you, there and he pointed to the densely packed trees that surrounded my house. Told him, sorry, I haven't seen your dog. He said, okay, whatever. His tracker just led me here, so I figured you would have seen him. I had not, in fact, seen any dog that apparently had a tracker on it. He turned around and walked back down. I watched him until he got into his car and drove far enough that I couldn't hear his tires anymore. Next day, neighbors came over to collect trash for me. They owned a dump truck and often saved me the 40-minute drive to town. They asked me if I had some dude come to my property last night. Said yeah. They asked if I knew him. Said no. Apparently, he told my neighbors that he lived at the top of this hill across town. Only thing is, that said hill had one house, and it was destroyed by a tornado category four years prior. Also, 
a complete contradiction from where he told me he had lived. He did use the same excuse about his dog and the tracker leading him to their place. My neighbors had no clue how he got into their yard, because they, similarly to me, had a gated yard. I never usually shut my gate because it frequently got stuck when you latched it, but my neighbors always had theirs latched along with a no trespassing or will shoot sign. Needless to say, I kept my gate latched and bought a master lock for it after that. Four months later, I moved. Story number seven, something in the bayou. My parents live in bayou country. The house is surrounded on three sides by woods, which were also a small bayou. Lots of wildlife, very few people. When I was growing up, almost no one lived there. One day, I'm home visiting with my husband and our toddler daughter, and we decided to go for a walk, and my dad decides to join us. We left my mom at home with some other family who were visiting. We didn't bother to tell her we were going since we didn't plan on going far or being gone long. About five minutes into our walk, I hear my mother's voice faintly calling my daughter's name. In the country, sound carries a lot further than you'd think, so I wasn't surprised I could hear her. My dad stopped walking and said, Better call your mom and tell her the baby is with us before she freaks out. I'd left my phone at home, so I borrowed his cell and called her. The first few calls didn't go through, so we started walking back. I'm starting to get nervous because my mom is probably freaking out, thinking she lost my daughter or something. I finally reach her on the phone and tell her breathlessly, Don't worry, Mom, we have the baby. She was very confused and said, What are you talking about? I explained we went for a walk, but heard her calling my daughter's name and didn't want her to worry. Dead silence. Then she says, I've been inside. I never called her name. I never even looked for her. I assumed you had her. I know I heard my mom's voice. It was very clear, and so was my daughter's name. Maybe I could pass it off as a trick of the mind, except my dad heard it too. When I asked my husband, he said he had heard a voice calling our daughter's name, but couldn't be sure it was my mom's voice. Three people did hear a voice. Two of them thought it was mom. So weird. It's not the only strange thing to happen back there in the bayou, but definitely one of the creepiest things to happen to me. Story number eight, just like the movies. I live in a small neighborhood in Iowa, but in this instance, I was staying at a cousin's house who pretty much lives in the middle of nowhere, like the closest neighbor was an hour away. I was around 13 when this happened. It was getting really late, my aunt and uncle had gone to bed, and I was sitting on the porch with my cousin. We were on the back porch, which looks out into an open field and then woods beyond that. The woods were close enough for us to see the local wildlife walking in and out. We were watching deer and other various critters moving around and talking about the movie we were excited to see the next day. Suddenly, it got super silent. Like, dead silent? 
The cricket stopped chirping, and even the breeze itself just went away. My cousin grabbed onto my arm, and I looked over at her. The color had drained from her face. She was just staring into the trees, so I turned my head to look too. There in the trees was a guy just standing there. It was hard to make out the details of his face, like that part was blurry. Strange, but that's how both of us remember him. His jacket was clearly visible and all torn up. He was holding something. As I strained to look closer, it seemed like maybe a rock or heavy object. The creepy part was that he was just staring dead-eyed at us. I swear to God, it was like something straight out of a horror movie. We didn't stick around. Naturally, we sprinted back into the house and hid in her bed. The next morning, we decided to go check out that area where he was standing. We were shocked that there was no sign anyone had been there. The grass wasn't flattened, no footprints of shoes. There were no disturbances at all. To this day, it's one of the creepiest, unexplainable events that I've ever witnessed. Well, Rosebuds, what did you think of those creepy rural backwoods encounters? I hope you enjoyed listening to them as much as I enjoyed curating and narrating them for you. Before I do the reveal, why not take a moment to leave us a comment down below what your favorite genre of creepy stories are. We'll take requests and do our best to dig up stories of that type just for you. Alright, let's do our reveal. Today's fictional story was... Story number one, Flown the Coop, about the city slicker parents whose chickens mysteriously died. Normally, I have some inspiration to share about how I came to create a story. Honestly, this one was just completely made up. No inspiration at all, but I hope you enjoyed it all the same. Anyway, that's a wrap, Rosebuds. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care and stay creepy.